Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. On June 18th at the Bread Shed in Manchester, Catch Pro Wrestling starts The Renaissance, featuring the long-awaited Red Belt title match between Lizzie Evo and Chantal Jordan. In Lizzie's first defense of her now epic reign, Chantal looked to have the match won but for a foot under the ropes. It's been a long journey back to this point for Jordan and she finally gets the one-on-one clash she's been looking for for nearly two years. Will Lizzie's reign end just as it closes in on 700 days? Other talented featuring on the show will include Emerson Jane, Lana Austin, Rio, Ivy, Sapphire Reed, Lucy Sky, Debbie Dahmer, Violet Vendetta, and more to be announced. June 18th at the Breadshed Manchester, Evo versus Jordan. Head to catchpw.bigcartel.com and use the code STARCAST for 10% off. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starcast. Welcome to the Stardom Cast. I am your host, Rob Gooding. I am joined, as ever, by Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how the devil are you this week? Rob Gooding, I am fantastic as always. However, we were just talking just a few minutes ago, and uh, as uh, we were getting ready to record, we just got some interesting, not interesting, some sad news that uh, WWF, WWE legend, the Iron Sheik has passed away. So, uh, Godspeed, good sir, and uh, thank you for all your services that you have done for the world of professional wrestling. And not just that, what the services that you've provided over on Twitter, because your uh, his output on Twitter was unrivaled, absolutely unrivaled. Obviously, we uh, nice things. Obviously, <laughs> um, he used to post on. I say nice things; they were vile, but. There we are. Um, our best wishes and thoughts go out to his family. Um, and yeah, rest in peace, Sheiky baby. But aside from that, Matt, aside from the passing of a legend, how are you uh, otherwise? 
I am uh, fantastic. I don't know if you're getting the news over in England on what's happening over here in North America, but uh, our neighbors to the north in Canada are having some crazy wildfires. And they're, with the wind, it's actually blowing down this way. I'm currently looking at my sky, and it literally looks like Thanos is about to come in and uh, and take over the Earth. And it, I'm not I'm not that far away from Canada, Rob, but I'm not like too close either. I'm like about four or five hours away, so I can't even imagine what some of the states uh, more north of me look like because of these wildfires. What I understand, the wildfires that are going on right now in Canada are a little bit bigger than the state of New Jersey. So it's a uh, it's kind of an interesting and scary scene as um, like my nephews, I don't think they're going to be doing any sports this week because if you're outside for more than like four or five minutes, it's really difficult to breathe. And it's kind of scary, to be honest with you. Yeah, that sounds horrendous. Um, obviously, best wishes to anyone who's affected by these. Hopefully everyone is okay. Um, uh, the th- like living on an island, which is what we do, we do, we don't tend to get this. We don't experience earthquakes. We don't experience um, any sort of real like wildfires. We get some flooding, but like I think one of the things that I remember, like natural um, issues we had, was when that volcano erupted in Iceland, and we had the ash cloud. Um, but aside from that, like we don't tend to have any of this. I suppose we are quite lucky in that regard. But um, yeah, the fact that it's spreading down towards you, um, and you're saying like five hours away, that's uh, that's some that's some uh, dangerous fire. And obviously, I think Los Angeles had some earlier this year as well. Yeah, yeah, they've had uh, quite a bit of that. That does happen quite a bit. I kind of wonder, our buddy Scotty Wrestling's over in Boston, so he's way way more north than I am. I wonder how he's doing. But, uh, yeah, it just, it's, it's crazy. You you mentioned Iceland with the um, years ago with the volcano. How far away are you from Iceland? Should we have a look? Let's, let's Google it. This is what you came here for, guys. You came here for <laughs> high-quality analysis of Google Maps. So, UK to Iceland. Um, so... Uh, by plane, it is that's not helpful in the slightest. Um, let's try that again. Flight time—that's what we want. It is oh, it's about three hours, two hours forty-five, um, and that's with oh no, that is non-stop. So yeah, under three hours flight. Um, let's have a look how many miles. That's about enough time to come down from your buzz, buddy, if you're drinking at the airport. Just about, just about. We are 846 miles from Iceland. Um, Let's have a look how far you are away. Uh, We will get on to actual wrestling in a minute, guys, rather than just Googling random crap. Oh, yeah, you're... uh, it's funny how much people enjoy our banter. They're like, we really enjoy your banter at the beginning. We love giving it to you. <laughs> is this banter or is it just us two having a conversation randomly? Um, you're, nearly, you're nearly 3,000 miles away, so uh, that's probably why you didn't get any uh, anything from it. But yeah, that's probably the the only thing I really I remember. I, I remember sleeping through an earthquake once um, because like we don't tend to get them. So and whenever we do, they are very very minor and we had one hurricane so like in our entire history so yeah um our weather's boring the country's boring it's just a boring place basically i disagree you guys are home of ozzy iron maiden you know what I mean? william regal dynamite kid johnny saint i think you're doing all right and, and mariah most may importantly, 
Mariah May, and most importantly, a gentleman who's written two books. One of the books is <laughs> Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th Anniversary in Review, my good friend, Rob Goodwin. <laughs> there you go, man. It, it just keeps getting better, these segues, honestly. I thought you'd struggle to top the one you did for Patreon yesterday, but uh, apparently not. Apparently not. Um, Surprise myself. <laughs> so we have got, considering there hasn't been any major shows in uh, the world of stardom this week we've actually still got quite a lot to talk about we had a press conference um that announced a lot of the matches for stardom sunshine which is going to be on sunday the 25th of june and stardom midsummer champions uh which is going to be on the 2nd of july um so we're going to be running down that we're going to be running down your typically um interesting stardom press conference let's call it um and then we're going to run through new blood nine we're going to run through um the last show that's been uploaded to stardom world from the 20th of may um and then we're going to talk about that fantastic generational struggle match from sunday the 4th of june in corican hall so that's all coming up later on in this episode but before we fire into this matt please tell me what is coming up on Patreon this week? Rob Goodwin, we got something new coming up on Patreon. We're going to be talking about this wrestling company called Japan, or in Japan, called Stardom, something we've never done before. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, this past week, we released our ultimate commentary of Momo Watanabe versus Hana Kimura from the 2019 Five Star Grand Prix. And then coming up on Monday, we will be releasing our ultimate commentary of Hana Kimura taking on Kagetsu from the 2017 five-star Grand Prix. Rob and I actually just recorded that yesterday as of this recording, and uh, Rob and I both mentioned that neither of us have seen the match before. So I think that's the first time since we've uh, tag-teamed these alternate commentaries that neither of us uh, have seen the match. So we went into a cold, uh, and which it was made it, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and we really, really enjoyed it. And uh, coming up this Friday, we will be recording with... Uh, well, probably the most popular guest we've ever had on the show, one Alice in Danger. Um, we're going to be doing our roundtable discussion, who we think are the top five greatest female wrestlers of all time. And it's not just to stardom or Japanese wrestling. It's to any female wrestler that's ever uh, laced up a pair of boots and gone into the wrestling ring. So I'm excited to hear what your top five are and her top five are. And I'm sure she's going to do it in a splendorous uh, fun manner because she's always very entertaining and also probably coming up in about a week or so's time the um bi-weekly podcast Himika's 2025 star grand prix review that should be up in your feeds in about a week or so so good sir that's uh what we got coming up for uh past present and future on the patreon yeah, hopefully, if you haven't already subscribed, you would consider subscribing to one of the tiers. It's as cheap as $1 a month uh, to check out a lot of additional things that we are providing. Like Matt said, I think, did you say it's nine extra episodes a month if you uh, subscribe to, obviously, the higher tiers, um, you know, we love doing this and we love the fact that so many of you are supporting us. I just want to shout out our latest patron, Mark Skeets, um, who has joined our new blood tier. Hello, Mark. I hope you're okay. Thank you for your support. Um, go and check it out. Absolutely no pressure. Um, but thank you to all 
of our great patrons over there at www.patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast. Um, let's kick into some news then. So a couple of things to come out of this raft of shows this week. The first is that we actually said last week, um, as it was announced by the start, the official stardom website, that Hannon was going to be out for a period of time and wouldn't be able to compete in the five-star rumble that will be used to crown the final two participants in the 2023 five-star Grand Prix. Um, it We didn't quite know what to make of that because she then rocked up at New Blood 9. Um, so it was a bit like, hmm, if she's here, what's, what's going on? Anyway... I don't know the exact ins and outs of it. I know, I think there is some sort of lingering injury, whether it's not as bad as they first thought um, or whether it doesn't need surgery or what. However, what has been confirmed is that Hannon will be partaking in uh, that rumble and will be vying for a spot in that five-star Grand Prix. Um, uh, Someone that won't be, though, is Saki Kashima, the new high-speed champion, has basically bowed out of the Rumble and said she basically doesn't need that really arduous tour. So uh, I imagine we're going to be seeing Saki on the undercard of some of those shows in the more short high-speed matches. But first things first, Matt, Hannon in the Rumble, does she get into the five-star? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I really, I was shocked when they made the announcements uh, at the last pay-per-view, and I'm like, Hannah's not in there? She's got to earn her spot? Okay, you know, all right, I get it. I thought she was she was fantastic in last year's uh, five-star. She was only 17, now uh, a year, not only a year older, but a year more experience. And not only that, but she's graduated high school, so she's not going to be missing shows to going to school, which still, again, Dickie Murdoch rolling over in his grave that kids are, going, are choosing school over wrestling. What the hell's wrong with you? But uh, <laughs> so she's going to be on more shows because she won't uh, be involved in any, any uh, school activity, not unless she's going to college, and she is. You know, God bless her and best of luck. But, um, yeah, I think Cannon is going to be uh, one of the other two exes that are going to be in the five-star. However, the booking has been out of left field. The uh, the usual, we can see where it's going and it's not going. And that's, you know, sometimes can be a good thing. It could throw us off there, but I think it would be smart to put Hanan uh, in this tournament. So just to remind everyone, the participants currently announced for this Rumble are Kagama, Momokogo, Saeeda, Hina and Miyamasaki, Lady C, Mei Sakurai, Tekla, no longer Saki Kashima, she has apparently been replaced by Hanan, Fukikin Death, Ruwaka, Wakasukiyama, Mariah Mei, Mei Seira, Yuna Mizumori, Hanako and Aya Sakura. Obviously the two rookies at the bottom there you wouldn't expect to make it through, but if you assume for a second that Hannon is going to make the tournament, that leaves one spot open for the likes of Kogama, Saeeda, May Sakurai, Tekla, Mariah May. Whoever gets that final spot, a lot of people who you'd look at past tournaments and go, oh, they, they were in those tournaments or they should have been in those tournaments they're going to miss out. Like Kogama, for example, she has been in the last two. She's not going to be in it if she doesn't make it. Um, Sayurida, who I think, I mean, if you are being brutally honest, she's bottom of the totem pole in stars. I think, you know, obviously I'm a huge stardom fan, hence the podcast. Um, But she is one of the 
the booking mysteries that constantly baffles me. Um, and then you've got May Sakurai, who's hugely over. Tekla, who is massively over. One third of the artist of Stardom Champion um, looks like she's probably not going to make it. No Wakasuki armor in that tournament. Um, there's a lot of people going to be missing out, Matt. Yeah, you kind of wonder, but that's going to put, you'll probably do maybe six or seven uh, matches and then maybe like one or two multi-person matches. And maybe they need a little star power in those multi-person matches. That's why you may see a Sai Ida, Mariah May, a Tekla. You know, I don't know. And I mean, and again, it's not a shoo-in that Hannon uh, is going to be one of the two X. You're asking me who I would like to see. There's Again, there's no wrong answers because just how stacked the stardom uh, roster is and how stacked the field is already, there's really no wrong answers. But if you're asking me what two people that I'm kind of pulling for, I'm going to say Hanan and uh, Saida. We're massive, massive fans of Saida on the show. And I know she's someone that's probably going to eat, you know, five or six losses, which are which is fine. But you know those matches are going to be hard-hitting and entertaining. But, yeah, at the same time, how do you pull a Tekla out? How do you pull a May Sakurai? How do you pull a Koguma out? How do you pull a Mariah May, who is, you know, I, we'll get to it in a little bit. It's going to be in a, you know, big, whole profile, big high-profiled championship match coming up on uh, one of these pay-per-views. So, yeah, it just really goes to show like how stacked this roster is, and the fact they're giving us a smaller uh, five-star Grand Prix, um, doing the complete opposite of what New Japan's doing. For their G1 Jesus, yeah, I saw that thirty-two people. I was waiting for my phone to ring. That didn't happen, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to get longer matches. You're going to get maybe you know some better matches, but uh, yeah, it's I think. With Saki Kashima pulling out of the Rumble, you're going to see one or two high-speed championship matches uh, during this five-star run. Or even maybe Kagama doesn't get in. Tekla, Momokogo, they've all wrestled the high-speed championship matches against Uzumi. They can wrestle that style. You may see like a high-speed, uh, you know, Maysera. You may see like a high-speed tag match or high-speed three-way or four-way or a multi-person match, you know, just as kind of an added bonus. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Definitely something we're definitely going to keep our eye out for. Yeah, I think... I would like to see Hannon in there. I think she's earned it. I think the progress that she's made has been unbelievable. I think she's touted for great things in the coming years. Um, that last spot, I mean, if you're asking who I'd want it to be, you know, Sayurid is the obvious, the obvious go-to. But who I think it'll be, I, I've said before the company's huge on May Sakurai. I would be very, very, very surprised if May Sakurai doesn't make the tournament this year. Um, obviously, I think Tekla's extremely unlucky to not get into the tournament on merit. Um, Kagame, I know that the last couple of tour, well, the last tournament especially, it felt a bit flat from Kagame. Um, maybe that's part of the reason she hasn't been included, but one thing she does provide on those nights is something a little bit different. You know, that comedy match, similar to a Toriano, where, you know, you can have that sort of, not not night off, I don't believe there is a night off in a G1 or a five-star, but, you know, you can have that match that's more comedy-centric and you're not terrified about the bumps you're going to take. Um, but even so, you know, it certainly makes the tournament, I believe I heard the word bandied about on uh, Twitter, elite because it is really the the top creme de la creme 
um, of stardom that are in that tournament, uh, whoever the X and double X are. Um, we talked about these updated cards. Um, we'll talk about the cards and then we'll get into uh, the press conferences that were used to announce them because, boy, howdy, what an absolute car crash that was um, <laughs> in the best way. So... Obviously, the next pay-per-view, I believe it's going to be a pay-per-view, I'd be amazed if it wasn't, um, is Stardom Sunshine 2023. That's going to be on Sunday, the 25th of June, same day as Forbidden Door at Yoyogi National Stadium. Now, the current card sits thusly. Six-woman tag team match, stars team of Sayurida, Hanan, and Momokogo, taking on Wakasuki Armor, Yuna Mizumori, and Aya Sakura. Um, a passion injection match, Nene Takahashi versus Hanako. Singles match, Suri versus Zena. Um, we've then got a six-woman tag team match, Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Kairi versus Mika, Suzu Suzuki, and Mei Seira. Um, Goddesses of Stardom tag championship matches, which was set up in the shows that haven't yet been uploaded to Stardom World. The New Eras, the champions, Amisori and Mirai, taking on the Club Venus team of Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa. Um, in our semi-main Artist of Stardom championship match, cage match, Barry Barry Bombers, the champion, versus Stars Triple Crazy, I believe the team name is, uh, <laughs> which is Mayu Watani, Kagama, and Hazuki. And then in our main event, that 12-woman tag team match, the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Aishista, Sayakamatani, Azumi Lady C, Hina and Miyu Amasaki, taking on the Ueritai team of Natsukatora, Saki Kashima, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Ruwaka, and Rina. Um, and it was made official during that that it is going to be a loser leaves unit match it's going to be escape rules not pinfall or submission the last one to leave the cage will be forced to leave their unit now one thing that's really important i feel for that match is it's not explicitly said that the loser must join the opposition unit so if asaya kamatani for example is the last one in the cage she doesn't have to join a weather tie. Um, at least that's the way I'm reading it. She just has to leave Queen's Quest. I'm very intrigued, Matt, as to what is going to happen here because just talking about this main event for a second, a weather tie, fantastic record when it comes to this stipulation of match. Queen's Quest, obviously, there's even more infighting between Utami and Sire, and we saw that again during the generational struggle match. You also look at that, they have got the top three there, that A-team of Queen's Quest, Utami, Sire, and Azumi. You've then got three relative rookies in Lady C, Miyu Amasaki especially, and then perhaps just above that in terms of experience, Hina. You look at Oedetai, Tora, Saki Kashima, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid. You know, even Ruaka has come on massively. Rina's the current future of Stardom champion. On paper, it does not look good for Queen's Quest. But, for the sake of storyline progression, who do you see leaving? Rob, I've seen a lot of people have a lot of different theories on it. Nobody has come up with my theory. 
So I'm going to come out. I'm going to tell you what my theory is. Obviously, we will get into a full review of this, I think, next week because the week after is the show. The major, the stipulation is the last person to leave the cage has to leave the unit. That is the main thing in this match. It's not what team wins. It's who is going to leave. The last two people in the cage are going to be Sayakamatani and Utami. See what, see what, see what they're going to do there? Because Oedotai is going to win this match. However, that's not the main thing here. The main thing is the last person to leave the cage has to leave the unit. So all of Oedotai is out. They won the match. However, we got Utami and Saya, even though they're on the same team, they're going to be the last two in the cage. That is going to be the story, I think, at the end of this match. It's certainly interesting. I do like that idea. And then they're going to have to fight it out. And what if it's at a point where Utami just bludgeons Saya? Like maybe just hit clotheslines, you know, the uh, a BT bomb, torture rack bomb. And then she takes Saya and she throws Saya out of the cage. This way forcing you, or vice versa. Saya, you know, Saya hits a zillion star crutches and something off the top of the cage. And then she throws Utami out of the cage to say, you know what? I don't want to be in Queen's Quest anymore. That's another interesting dynamic. But I just feel really confident that it's going obviously it's it's the way everybody's it's not rock is not going to leave reen is not going to leave heen is not going to leave because that's not the the story the story is clearly saya and yutami and i think they're going to be the last two left in the ring i'm intrigued i i really Mm. am intrigued because obviously then the story is what happens i mean i think we can both safely assume that and i think everyone can safely assume rather that someone's leaving Queen's Quest. Um, And you could do what Stardom did in 2021, where they started this by sort of flipping Fukuk and Death over to Oweratai, which was the least exciting of the possibilities. Um, I don't think they're going to do that this time. There has been such a story implanted about the descent, especially between Utami and Saya that that has to lead into it. Now, whether that is that they end up facing off at the end and the loser ends up having to leave the unit or whether it is their infighting that costs another member of Queen's Quest. I don't know how that would happen, but it's potential. I think that that Utami and Saya infighting plays a huge role. I mean, we are assuming here that this isn't just a massive ruse to get into a Weratai. I mean... Ooh, that's something else, too, I was thinking of, my friend. Literally, as always, reading my mind. That's That was another option I was thinking. So that's that, that's something that may, may happen as well. I mean, you can almost see the three people in the ring. You know, Utami, Saya, and Momo Watanabe. And, uh, you know, Utami, Momo's baiting Utami and Saya to start fighting again. And, oh, swerve! You know, they were never in fighting. It was all fine all along. It was just to get back at Momo. They floor Momo and then climb out of the cage together, leaving Momo in the cage. Um, I think something like that would be very interesting. But again, there's a lot of avenues that they could go with this. And my only hope is that we don't have sort of a token leaving. You know, obviously I don't feel like Lady C should leave Queen's Quest. But if she is to leave Queen's Quest, she'll go to Donna Del Mondo and it doesn't really matter. 
Um, I feel like with this being the main event, with the, this being the story, Sire and Utami have to play into it somehow. Um, so yeah, very interesting there. We've also got the Artist of Stardom Championship cage match where we can assume that Mai Wibatani is going to do something crazy off the cage, which is terrifying in itself as we found out from that press conference that she can't navigate a table, um, <laughs> where somehow... And only Mayu will know how she's done this. As Kagama and Hazuki are going round for the, the traditional photo at the end of their segment with uh, the Barry Barry Bombers. Um, so Julia, Tekla, Mei Sakurai, they're posing with the belts. Kagama and Hazuki and Mayu sort of make the way around. Mayu's quite res- like reticent to come round because, you know she feels like she's been tricked into this match um, and somehow manages to tread on the tablecloth of the table and rather than just treading on the tablecloth going oh trodden on the tablecloth and nothing else happening it's Mayu Iwatani so chaos must instantly follow which means that the entire tablecloth comes off the chair off the table sorry she then falls over in the most dramatic way I've ever seen and falls down the step it's honestly I, it boggles the mind sometimes how Mayu Iwatani can walk and breathe at the same time. But we love her. Good God, we love her. Again, if you were to explain, like, okay, I'm going to explain to you someone who's not only one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of Stardom, one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of wrestling. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. And But then you, you go explain all this stuff with, like, is this a rib? Like, is this, like, if I was explaining to somebody who has no idea who Mayu is, like, some of my friends that are, you know, big fans of the American wrestling over here, like AEW, WWE, you know, Impact, so on and so forth, like, you need to see this Mayu. What's she like? Well, she, you know, trips and falls, and obviously we'll talk about it in the uh, Generation 8-person match where she throws the baseball, and it hits right the lighting oh, in Cork and Hall. Like, how is that, like, how is that even possible? You have 1,200 people there, and you hit the lighting? Like, just throw it down, Mayu. Like, come on. Like, I, I, again, I don't know if this is a rib, if this is, like, part of her character, or if this is just Mayu being Mayu, and that's a magic trick that I don't want to know. I do not want to know that answer. Don't tell me Santa Claus isn't real. Don't tell me that's not really Spider-Man going up that wall uh, in this movie theater I'm watching. It's just a green screen. I don't want to know the secrets to that trick because Mayu has got to be the one of the most lovable professional wrestlers I've ever seen. There's nobody that dislikes Mayu. Very much like Tanahashi. Like some wrestlers, you can say, like, oh, Okada's overpushed or, you know, Masao, I think Masao is overrated or John Cena was overpushed or yada, yada, yada. Nobody dislikes Mayu. They, they, like you said, just said a minute ago, partner, we love her. We really, really do. And God bless her, the fact that she can't walk straight, but she throws the most perfect moonsault and is just one of the best wrestlers you'll ever see. It's just really weird. She gets in that ring and it's just like she becomes a completely different person. It's just baffling. Absolutely <laughs> baffling. Um, obviously, we'll do a full preview of this show. Um just to remind everyone, it is the 25th of June. So next week, uh, we'll have an episode. And then the week after that will be our preview of Stardom Sunshine. So that will be with you in your inboxes or in your podcast feed on the 23rd of June. That is a Friday. Um, but we'll go through the rest of those matches then. But one other I want to highlight is, of course, the fact that Club Venus, Mariah May, and Mina Shirakawa have got a shot at the Goddesses of Stardom Championships against the New Eras. It would not surprise me in the slightest 
if Mina Shirakawa and Mariah May took the belts here. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone expected Mina to drop the white belt quite as soon as she did. Um, but the fact that they gave her so much heat, you know, going into that show, the fact that they've built her up so well, they've built up Club Venus and they have nothing to show for it, I feel like they could pull this off here, especially as, as we will talk about later, especially Marai has other fish to fry. Look how good I am at rhyming. Ladies and gentlemen, rap star Rob Goodwin. Look out, folks. Absolutely, <laughs> Dr. Zeus. Sign him acclaim, the newest member. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I know we talked about going into All-Star Grand Queendom that if Mina did not beat Saya for the Wonder of Stardom Championship, and obviously she did, that the matches that she was, they were having leading up where it was her and Mariah May in either tag matches or multi-person matches where her and Mariah May's chemistry as a tag team was like instant. It was like almost as good as uh, Mina and Unagi, and Mina and Unagi were teaming for quite a while uh, as Pink Kabuki. So I'm super intrigued for this match. And it's not an official prediction because we won't give those until next week. Um, but I'm going to agree with you. You're asking me right now who I think is going to win. I think we're going to see new tag champions uh, for two reasons. One, I think they just want to get another belt on uh, on Mina because uh, she's fantastic. And again, her and Mariah May are fantastic, both as singles and as tag wrestlers. And yeah, I think uh, obviously Mariah is going for that white belt against Tam Nakano on the uh, the next pay-per-view after that. So I think that if they have Mariah drop the uh, the goddesses of stardom tag belt with uh, Ami Sori here, it'll mean more going into that main event match with Tam Nakano on the next show. So again, not a, an official prediction. We will save that for next week. But uh, right now, I'm inclined to agree with you there, good sir. So moving on from that, and though that card is very exciting, you know, we've talked about the the two championship matches, the loser leaves unit match, and obviously you've got that special six-woman tag with Tam Natsupoy and Kairi versus Mike at Suzu, uh, Suzu Suzuki and Meisera, which is going to be fantastic. The Midsummer Champions card which is going to be taking place the exact following week um, on Sunday the 2nd of July from Yokohama Budokan. Again, two pay-per-views in two weeks. Thank you, Stardom. Um, It's decidedly less exciting, at least for me. Um, So I'll read the card as we go through. Um, Obviously, it's not a full card. There are a lot of big names missing. Um, but I'll go through what we have announced at the moment. Six-woman tag team match. Hazuki Sayida and Aya Sakura taking on Suzu Suzuki, Meisera and Hanako. Uh, tag team match. Suri and Amisori versus Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa. That's just straight tag team action. Uh, another passion injection match. Nene Takahashi versus, of all people, Starlight Kid. Um, we then have an Indian strap match between Natsupoi and Siori Anu. Now, I'm not going to go too much into the build of that because that has been built in um, shows that haven't been uploaded to Stardom World yet, so we'll talk a little bit about that um, when the shows have been uploaded. High-speed championship match, Saki Kashima versus Fuki and Death. And finally, your main event, the Wonder of Stardom Championship match, Tam Nakano versus the Cinderella Tournament 20 winner 2023, Mirai. Um... Matt, I'll ask for your thoughts first on this card before I go into what I think. 
Um, it's not filled out yet because I think they want to. They want. They don't want to spoil anything. Uh, coming off the uh, the pay per view, mm. um, the exact seven days prior, but uh, and they're going to have some other shows to kind of build towards it as well. Coming up in the next uh, the next you know week or two as well. The main event, I think, again, it looks like that they're just trying to draw the majority of the uh, the viewers on the main event alone. That seems like where they're going to put a lot of their chips on the table. You have Tam. You have, you know, defending the white belt, you know, for the first time, defending the Wonder Stardom Championship since she lost it to Saya Kamatani at uh, Dream Queendom uh, back in 2021. So, yeah, that interesting. You have Mirai, who's been on an absolute roll, back-to-back uh, Cinderella wins, just coming off uh, in the biggest stardom show of the year, winning the Goddess of Stardom Championship. So there's a lot of, you know, you're building Mirai up. You have Tam as your double champion. I think that's where they're looking to see if Tam can kind of could draw a majority of the crowd and tickets with not a crazy, crazy uh, stacked undercard underneath there, which is usually what Stardom does for these pay-per-views. And I'm not saying the undercard isn't intriguing. It, it is, obviously. You have Natsupoy and Sori Anu um, in a strap match because uh, we can't beat up Natsupoy enough. Now we have to put weapons in. So it's like, all right, you know, poor Natsupoy. Um, but I tell you what, I'm really intrigued by the tag match with Mina and Mariah May versus uh, Shuri, Suri and Ami Sori, there's a possibility that they can make that a tag team championship match if the week prior the Club Venus team wins the championship. And if that's what they do, I think that'd be smart um, to make that a tag title match. So, um, yeah, an interesting card. Obviously, the uh, card the week before looks a little bit more stacked, but we'll see how it flushes out in these next few days. Yeah, agreed, because obviously we've got no Queen's Quest on there. We've got no Weather Tie on there, because obviously we don't want to spoil the result there. Um, and no Mayu Iwatani is a noticeable omission as well. So with the most, apart from Kagame, I believe, and maybe Momo Kogo, I don't think is on there. Um, uh, I imagine that we will probably have some manner of eight-woman tag or six-woman tag to involve them. My main issue with the card is, and much as Tam Nakano versus uh, Mirai is going to be amazing. And I, again, early prediction, I thoroughly, thoroughly think Mirai is taking it. Um, it makes the most sense. There's yeah, no. I agree. I agree. So you know what that means. Yeah. So Tam <laughs> to defend. Um, I just, there doesn't seem to be a great deal of not excitement that's that's not the word i'm looking for i think i'm upset because we crowned a new world of stardom champion on the 23rd of april in tam nakano thoroughly deserved thoroughly deserved fantastic match against julia we are not going to have another red belt defense now until after the five star which you could argue that it makes those title defenses more worth seeing because you're more excited to see them because they don't happen all the time. However, if you are going to have Tam drop the white belt here, which I do think she does, would Mina Shirakawa's momentum have been derailed as much if she just dropped the white belt here to Mirai rather than dropping it to Tam so Tam could drop it to Mirai. Now, I've gone on record as 
not agreeing with the double championship change. Um, as good as the match was, the match was really good. Um, and again, none of my reservations about this Midsummer Champions card come from an in-ring standpoint. None of these matches are going to disappoint. You know, Nene Takahashi versus Starlight Kid. Random matchup, but it's going to be great. Um, Suri and Amisori versus Marai Mayumi and Shirakawa. It's going to be great. Um, Natsupoy and Suri Anu beating the ever-loving Jimmy out of each other in an Indian strap match. Going to be fun because no one takes punishment like Natsupoy. I just feel like there wasn't an end game with this double championship. And all it's done is it means that we're not going to get those two championship matches on the same card. And I feel like it was, it wasn't, there was no need to do it. There was no need to do it at all. Yes, I'm all for subverting what everyone thought was going to happen because me and you were on here flouting about how it was going to definitely be a time limit draw. It's going to be a time limit draw. 100%. Maybe some shenanigans and a double count up was going to be a draw. It's going to be a draw. Sure enough, Tam wins in under 20 minutes. Um, but... Am I, am I just out of my mind here? Or do you understand where I'm coming from? First of all, I want to apologize. Guys, I'm sorry that you're upset. That hurt my feelings when you just said two minutes ago that you were upset. Uh, I, don't like, I don't like any of my friends to be upset. I'm sorry, my friends. So I better bring up the mood here a little. Tell some really bad jokes or plug your book a few more times. Uh, no, I totally I, – I, I see your point. I didn't – I really didn't even follow or the, understand that there's going to be no uh, Red Belt Championship matches before the five-star. So I see your point, especially when you had Utami and Shiri – defending the belt it seems like every like five or six weeks like give or take i mean they were really and you can't say well tam's not a fighting champion she got two belts now that she's got to defend so it's just like you kind of don't want to spread that too thin as well so i see your point um yeah would have made more if marai does win the belt is it going to be like well wait a minute how come marai just didn't beat mina and we gave mina maybe a three or four month run you know maybe a v4 or v5 you know something like that I, I see your point again i think it's maybe something that I think stardom was like they always be accused of their booking being, you know, you can see it coming a mile away on a lot of the matches. It's very predictable. And maybe it's something they wanted to kind of do just for shock value, just to maybe shake things up a little bit, um, you know, because the booking has been so well and they have been drawing, you know, good amount of money and ticket sales, merchandise and, you know, pay-per-view buys and whatnot. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's like, let's just shake things up. And if it doesn't work out, you know, if we see a decline, we can just put the belt back on Julia for 10, 11 months. Cause we know it's going to draw or keep the belt on Tam, you know, for 10, 11 months or, you know, you Tommy, which obviously they teased, you know, a little bit in that matching cork and hall that we'll talk about. So yeah, I, 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 I completely see your point and you're completely valid by it. But at the same time, even if the booking is kind of like suspect, we're kind of like shrugging our shoulders or scratching our heads. Like, you know, we kind of don't understand what's going on here. It's still stardom. It's still the best roster in the world by a mile, a mile. And like you said before, partner, the match, they're still going to be absolutely great. So, um, yeah, I see your point, but on the positive side, uh, the wrestlers are fantastic. So we're at least going to be get some, getting some good matches. Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine if, I'm so I'm hoping that people, you know, this show blasts all expectations out of the water as stardom so often does. But I imagine if there is some negativity out of this pay per view, depending on what they fill out the rest of the card with, you know, if we get Mayu Watani versus Yutami for the IWGP Women's Championship, then that adds massively to the card. Um, but 
I imagine the five star coming up hot on the heels of this pay-per-view will liven everyone up again heading into uh, the winter months. Um, I think my my only other real problem with it, I know I've been proper negative today about the Midsummer Champions card. I like the Sunshine card. I think the Sunshine card's great. I'm looking forward to that show. Um, I think I'm just, I think I was just down about the double championship change, but I don't think it's pay-per-view worthy. Like, looking at the card, Tam Tam versus Mirai, going to be great. Natsupoy versus Suri Anu in an Indian strap match, going to be great. Is there anything else, really, that's pay-per-view worthy? We are going to get Hazuki and Suzu Suzuki violence, right? We are. We are definitely. Yeah. No matter how we might, uh, we, we might be an arrest in that match. <laughs> oh God, yeah, absolutely. Um but anyway, enough negativity. We're waiting to see what the full card is for that show. Um obviously we've still got no um Julia on that card either, I don't think. Um there's no um is Micah on that card? Micah's not on that card. Mayu's not on that card. Yutami's not on that card. Saya, Azumi. So uh, Momo Watanabe. There's there's still quite a lot of names. Kyrie, if she's gonna be on that card. So let's wait and see. You know, um I... Super Sexy Dynamite Princess isn't on there yet, Rob. Don't worry, they might do super sexy dynamite princess versus Mayu for the IWGP belt. You'll be happy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a no sexy submission match? Oh, incredible. And what a transition sure as well, because we're going to go straight into the show from Sanjo, uh, which was from Sunday, the 20th of May, 2023, in Sanjo Public Welfare Hall, Nagata. Um, it's the first time Stardom have run this venue. Um, according to Cage, it's also the first wrestling show to take place there since 2018. Um, which I'm not sure about, but there we are. Um, the only records that I could find prior to, well, after 2011, are this show from Stardom and then a handful of All Japan and one Noah show. So doesn't seem to be a huge um, area for wrestling, but it was a nice enough venue, um, and the 477 people in attendance looked like they were having an absolute riot, especially during one of the matches that we're going to be talking about. Um, so I'll run through all the results, and then we'll go and uh, cherry pick some matches. Uh, tag team match opens up then with Queen's Quest, Azumi and Lady C, defeating Ayasakura and Hanako in 8 minutes and 19 seconds, with Azumi submitting Sakura with the double arm chicken wing. Um, in a singles match, Kogama and Mariah May went to a sexy double countout. Yes, a sexy one in nine minutes and 40 seconds. We then had a tag team match with Meisera and Suzu Suzuki defeating Oedetai's Saki Kashima and Starlight Kid in eight minutes and 52 seconds with May getting the pinfall over Saki Kashima with the shooting star. So keep an eye on that. Um, we had a tag team match. Queen's Quest, Saya Kamatani and Yutami Hayashista did coexist enough to defeat the Club Venus team of Wakasuki Armor and Xena with Saya getting the pinfall with the Star Crusher. Um, in six-woman tag team match, the Oedetai team of Momo Watanabe, Natsukatora and Ruaka defeated the, Qu- the Cosmic Angels team sorry, of Natsupoi 
and Tam Nakano, an honorary member, Yuna Mizumori, in 11 minutes and 10 seconds, Momo pinning Yuna Mizumori with a hidden Atoshi driver. In the semi-main, we had a tag team match with the God's Eye team of Amisori and Suri defeating the Club Venus team of Jesse and Mina Shirakawa, with Suri submitting Jesse in 10 minutes and 8 seconds with the Suzaku. And then in your main event, we had an eight-woman tag team match. The Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Micah, May Sakurai and Tekla defeating the Stars team of Hanan Hazuki, Mayu Iwatani and Saya Ida with Julia pinning, of course, Saya Ida with the glorious driver in 16 minutes and 52 seconds. Um, overall, Matt, a really solid show as the vast majority of stardom sort of road two shows are there are three matches in particular that i want to talk about um two for being brilliant one for being bloody weird um but that tag match may Sarah and suzu suzuki versus saki kashima and starlight kid yes it goes sub nine minutes do not sleep on that match it is a very very good match You've got the mixture of the hard hitting with Suzu Suzuki, who can also keep up with the likes of Kid, with the likes of Saki Kashima in that high speed style. It is a very good match. Go and check that out. But before we talk about anything else, we need to talk about this sexy double count out match. Um, Kogama versus Mariah May. Honestly, Matt, I don't think I've ever been happier that my girlfriend was out whilst I was watching wrestling. Because I think if I came, if she came in and I was watching Mariah May give Kogama a lap dance on a steel chair, I don't know how I'd explain that away. Rob, I'm going to throw something out here, buddy. And I don't need an answer right now. I don't even need an answer this year. I, you can give me this answer in March. Obviously, we almost talk about every week how uh, more than likely you are coming over to the States in Philadelphia to hang out with me and my friends to go to WrestleMania. So, I'm, again, I'm throwing this out there again. I don't need this answer until March. What do you say me and you get absolutely hammered drunk and do alternate commentary on Mariah Mae versus Kogama <laughs> and just release, and release it as a bonus episode for, for all of our listeners? Love it. Um, absolutely can... love it. <laughs> I think I already have his answer. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Um, you can't say stardom is just all just a work rate promotion. They don't give you a mixed bag of things, don't they, partner? Because, uh, boy, they really – I think you kind of, the two of them have to look at this and like, okay, right, we, I, we're going after this really good tag match. The main event matches are going to be really, really good. So a lot of hard-hitting stuff. And let's do something completely different. And, boy, howdy, did they ever – I think I text you and I said either this was a zero star match or a seven star match. I don't think I'll ever know that answer. I did not put a rating on this match. Um, I think you summed it up perfect, buddy. If your girlfriend walked in while you were watching that, they would have been like, "What the heck is going on?" Now, obviously, my my wife is he, you know, she she watches me try on spandex tights in the middle of our living room because of I'm I'm an independent pro wrestler. However, if my mother in law or one of my sister in laws walked in the house while I was watching that, they might have been like, "Yeah, it might be time to drop those divorce papers because like your husband's really really weird." And he's taking notes, and he's going to talk about it on a podcast. Who does that? With the love of your life, honey. Um, yeah, I really don't know other than that how to explain it, my friend. And uh, maybe in March we'll explain a little bit better when we're three sheets to the wind. I don't know. I just, I do not know how to describe this match. Like, <laughs> Kogama being sort of 
portrayed as this prude who wants no sexy in the match and Mariah May just wanting all of the sexy in the match. The poor referee gets caught up in it and I don't know who is having a better time in this match. The crowd of middle-aged men chanting sexy at Mariah May, which, okay, sure. Or Hanan, Hazuki and Mina Shirakawa at ringside because genuinely they don't seem to be able to stop laughing the entire match. And what makes it wor- what makes it better is that Kogama and Mariah May wrestle this match completely straight-faced. Like, you have got Bronco Busters and weird sexy slut drops and, um, like, lap dances on a chair, and none of them break character. Like, Kogama is quite obviously very offended by this mariah may very obviously loving this and neither of them break character at all and you just see mina shirakawa trying desperately not to laugh you've got hazuki getting involved telling everyone that kogam has gone to sleep in the middle of the ring like (laughs) i honestly it's it's under 10 minutes and if you watch nothing else from this show watch this match and it's not... Let's, not let's let's relax on that one for the main event it's great <laughs> okay all right go ahead have your say we Yikes. see we see great matches all the time we see donna <laughs> del mondo and stars rip it up on a regular basis we know stuff is going to be good what we don't see is a bear trying not to be sexy as someone tries to out sexy the sexiest bear like <laughs> I, I feel like you don't see that enough. And if it wasn't ramped up here, good grief, it was ramped up at New Blood 9. Um, so, yeah, I didn't um, rank this either, Matt. Didn't feel like I could give it a rating. Um, just, it was entertaining, if nothing else. I will say this. Uh, uh, one other thing to kind of add. There is about maybe about 60 to 70 seconds where they go very Kagama high speed. And Mariah May does a very good job keeping up with Kagame. Obviously, she's the high-speed genius. But the wrestling in it, outside of the comedy, is actually really, really good. So we know if they ever want to have a serious match. And you're right, Rob. We see serious wrestling all the time. But if you go through the 12-year history of stardom, I don't know if there's a match that you can compare this to. Like, you know, like the brutal, like the violence. The, you know, like the EO and Mayu matches, it's certain matches you can compare to the brutal violence of Tam and Julia. You can compare it to Shuri and Julia uh, from the title change uh, at the end of last year. But I don't think there's a single match in the 12 year history of stardom. But like, you need to see Mariah May versus Kagama. What it's like, well, I watch stardom. What's it like? Nothing you've ever seen before. <laughs> <is> the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it was uh definitely something completely different but yeah i love how hazuki was like looking at mariah May, and she's like oh, oh no she's asleep and, and and the look on hazuki's face is like this is a natural thing she just falls asleep in the middle of her matches like it's no big deal it happens all the time <laughs> yeah don't you worry about it don't you worry <laughs> about it um uh, yeah it, absolutely baffling i learned some japanese during this though apparently uh i now know the japanese for boobs so uh well done, me. Um, if you had that on your Stardom Cast bingo card, folks, please pencil <laughs> it in. Um, Matt, let's talk about this uh, Maysera Suzu Suzuki in a weather time match. Um, Maysera looking really, really good. This team of Maysera and Suzu Suzuki improving every single time. And then once they start teaming with Micah as a trio, 
good grief, they're great. Um, but the chemistry that they had with Saki and Starlight Kid here, brilliant. Yeah, if they don't, um, you know, by the time October rolls around, if either of these two are in a faction or starting their own faction or or whatever, I would love to see these two as a tag team. Obviously, I was, in, you know, in the Goddess Tournament. I was really high on maybe seeing Suzu and Risa Sarah in the Goddess Tournament. Obviously, we didn't have that as neither of them were official members of the stardom roster but it's basically you know may sarah comes out of her like her mini retirement and then suzu basically announces that she's gonna be with stardom full-time and they just decide to throw the two of them together i'm like well okay we'll see what happens and we're like four or five matches in we're like holy geez they are so good together you know you have the high speed of may sarah mixed in with the violence and the hard hitting and the big spots of suzu suzuki and they just gel so well together on their timing their ring positioning their selling the way that when may sarah you know builds in the hot tag to suzu suzuki uh that's fantastic obviously saki kashima you know we love her on the show she's just very underrated wrestler in this very top heavy roster that is stardom oh yeah by the way starlight kid she's really good too uh the starlight kids suzu suzuki chemistry is off the charts the two of them have some fantastic uh matches but yeah, this was this was great. Um, again, it went just under uh, ten minutes, or just under. Hold on, I have my run sheet here. Just under nine minutes. Um, but I actually had it at three and a half stars. Absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, don't blink because there wasn't anything wasted at all in this match from either four of these ladies. No, absolutely not. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. High speed and just a little bit of brutality mixed in for good measure. It's always funny watching Saki Kashima take some brutal kicks because she sells it so well like she just does not want to be there um it really does make me laugh every time um let's talk about these two main events then um let's talk a little bit about god's eye amisori and suri taking on jesse and mina shirakawa um a couple of things i noted from this obviously we talk a lot about mina shirakawa and how she really has skyrocketed into that main event scene um, to the point where I was convinced that Mina would be a good hand, but wouldn't be anywhere near the red belt picture, like at all. And this was when she debuted in the company in 2020. I was convinced that, you know, she's a good hand, she'll get better. There's no star quality there for me. Complete 180 now. She is one of the most charismatic sort of, eye-catching performers on the roster now not only in her confidence and her posture out of the ring you know the dance the ring attire things like that she draws the eye but in ring she has gotten so much better and yes this is a tag match that went 10 minutes and yes she didn't actually have the bulk of the match a lot of the match was on jesse but even so the improvement there is unreal and it's the same for Amisori as well. I think Amisori has had a really, really underrated and understated progression in her wrestling. She's become so much better, seemingly very, very quickly. And, you know, I don't want to throw out any conspiracy theories, but I would argue it's since she's had those hair extensions in. So does her power come from those extensions, Matt? Very much like uh, the Greek god, uh, well, it wasn't Hercules. Oh, geez, who was it? I think we mentioned it on the show about a year or so ago. Ares? Oh, the guy cut it. Yeah, um, I forget who it was. It was the Greek guy that he got his hair cut and then he lost oh, all his Samson. power. Oh, Samson. 
Samson. Yeah, that's right. I should know that. Like the Simpsons. That's how I should have got that. But no, you're, you're <laughs> absolutely right. And uh, just to touch upon the five star, I think Ami Sori is going to be the one to come out of the five star, you know, that's going to shoot up the most just because she kind of, I mean, it's kind of full of main eventers, but very much like how Mina did uh, in this five star where she had a lot of momentum going in. We kept talking about week in, week out, how much she's improving because she's putting in the effort. She's putting in the reps. She's busting her ass. Not only week in, week out, but day in, day out. You can just tell that she's just, you know, working on her striking. She's working on her character. She's working on her wrestling. And then going into the five-star, you know, she had that match with Momo to start. And then getting towards the end, she had that show stealer match at Cork and Hall with Sayakamatani. I fully expect Ami Sori to kind of adopt that and uh, her to come out like, okay, maybe we can put Ami Sori in like a white belt match, whether it's against Mirai or, you know, Amina or Hazuki or whoever. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Ami Sora, since she pokey evolved. Um, there you go. I'm adopting that. There you go. Love it. Love it. Little be proud. Since she's pokey evolved, she's really, really upper game, better in the ring. Um, but yeah, a lot of this match was basically Jesse versus Ami Sori. The little bit we got from Mina and Shuri got me uh, stroking my non existent beard. I'm like, huh, what would a Mina Shuri 12 minute match look like? There'd be a lot of kicks. It would be right up my alley. But yeah, I thought all four women here looked great. It was a solid match. I actually had it at uh, three and a half stars. Jesse's improvement since she, since she started up until here is really, really good. However, um, it looked like Jesse Borden airplane to come back to the States. I guess her stay in uh, Japan is over at this time. It does appear that way. 63 days on the tour. Um, uh, obviously, I don't know how many shows on top of um, the one from the 20th she did. Um, but yeah, I think she's another one that, progressed really well and helped from and it helped a lot of reps things like that it'll be nice to see if she comes back um obviously you mentioned ami sorry matt of course she had that white belt match with sai kamatani back in january but i think even from that point we're five months removed from that match where everyone was i don't want to say everyone immediately dismissed it when it was announced that ami sorry was vying for the white belt but i personally didn't think she was ready and she proved me wrong there had a really good match with saya shocker but i think now in these five months since that match she's it's not quite unrecognizable but the progression she's made since that moment if she came out and challenged for the white belt exactly like you said now i wouldn't blink I, it wouldn't cross my mind that she didn't belong and I think that's testament to her and the work she's putting in. Because overall, she used to be overshadowed by Mirai, and I I think they're on a level playing field now. Or more or less. Maybe Mirai just ahead, but there's very, very little in it. Um, main event then, Matt. I know you were a huge fan of this match, Donna Del Mondo defeating Stars. Uh, what did you love about it, aside from, obviously, Sai Reader taking yet another pinfall? You know, the, again, the uh, the day before was her birthday, and she gets the win. And, not, and we're, <laughs> like, like you said before, right back on track where we need to be. I mean, yeah, God bless back Sai, to full. At least, they, at least they gave her a, a, a pinfall victory in the main event, you know, on her birthday. So uh, good on Sai on, on that feel-good moment. Uh, what I liked about this match is um, I don't know if my sources are true or not, but from what I understand, there was um, 
charges pressed against Suzuki for attempted murder on poor Micah. <laughs> I was like, they got in the ring, and I was like, holy <laughs> geez, this is going to be great because I don't think they've ever had a proper singles match since uh, Suzuki's been back, like, what, you know, a year and a half. And it was like, she's laying in the mic, and you know Micah's going to bring it back, and she does. And then Suzuki brings it back even more. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, And I say that on this podcast all the time, and Rob, you know this. I do not have one single favorite wrestler in stardom. I just want to see really good wrestling, really good storylines, and I want the company just to keep doing what they've been doing for the last two or three years, and that's keep on succeeding you know, and drawing more people in. Like we always say, the main purpose for this podcast is to get more people into stardom because we both think it is by, by far, bar none, the best wrestling in the world. With that being said, again, I do not have a clear one favorite wrestler in stardom. But, like, I'm watching this match, and halfway through, my wife walks in right during the Hazuki violence. I'm glad she walked in at that point than instead of the Kagama Mariah May match. But, anywho, <laughs> and I, I told her what I, just, what, I, what I just said. I said, I think Hazuki might be low-key one of, if not my favorite wrestler in stardom. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, unlike a Mayu, a Yutami, a Tam, a Julia, she never won any of the two big singles belts. And, obviously, we talked about it on our first What If episode. Like that is the one thing I really want to see in the next six to 12 months is Suzuki either win the white belt or the red belt and or the five star as well. So she's just so good and she never takes a night off. She always gives 110%. Now, obviously, does she throw the big forearms and the kicks and whatnot? Yes, but she also takes it as well. Like also, it's, it, it, it's, it's, you know, she's going to, if I'm going to hit you this hard, I expect you to hit me that hard and she's going to feed and she's going to make you look good but hazuki just she just absolutely fantastic and she was fantastic here her stuff again her stuff with her and mike i was like we've never seen a proper singles match between the two of them and this really makes me think and hope they are in the same block uh coming up at the five star um all four of these teams work really well together obviously you have julie in there with uh with mayu that stuff is always really good we get some hazuki julia stuff in there as well tecla may sakurai and julia they did a really good job getting their like uh uh, triple team spots in there, obviously, to put over, you know, um, at, at this point, they were, uh, you know, the artists of Stardom Champions uh, are going for the belts, excuse me. Um, but that ending stretch with Saeed and Julia, like, again, I understand when I'm watching these multi-person matches, how it's going to end when they, when everybody's building towards their finish and they're hitting a few moves to save here or there. They don't really tag out towards really the end. So you see, you know, the finish is going to come between Julia and Saeed. So obviously Julia's not taking the fall. Saida is. You can bet, you know, you can bet house money on that. Obviously that happens, but man, they do a great job building up the finish with Saya kicking out of a lot of Julia's stuff. And even Saya, Ida hitting the Ida Bashi on Julia. And Julia doesn't kick out. Tekla and May Sakurai have to come and make the save. So you're like, oh wow, that's a really good on Julia on putting Saida over on the flash fall there. And then there's some brutal clotheslines. From side to Julia, and again, Julia does a great job taking somebody that's kind of on the lower mid card in some of these matches and pulling them up and making them look better. And then ultimately, of course, Julia hits the glorious driver on Saida. Uh, I thought that was the ending was brilliant. The build of this match was brilliant. It was about 17 minutes, and it really didn't feel like 17 minutes because I enjoyed every single second of the match. I was my favorite match by far on this show. Uh, three and three fourth stars. Yeah, same. Three and three quarter stars. A really, really, really good main event. I mean, if you're looking for a great in-ring product, definitely check this match out on this show. If you're looking for something a little bit different, 
you check out that sexy double count out from earlier on in the show um, if you're looking for something a little bit different in your wrestling. Um, let's move on then, Matt, to Stardom New Blood 9. We are jumping ahead in time a little bit to Friday the 2nd of June 2023. We are again at Shinagawa Intercity Hall, Tokyo, to a much depleted attendance of three. 106 people down from the sellout in the same venue for New Blood 8 of 407 people. Um, the results are as follows. We opened with a tag team match. Uh, the New Eras, Amisori and Mirai, defeated Ayasakura and Hanako, with Amisori submitting Ayasakura with the Lion Tamer. Um, in one of my favourite matches of the show, uh, Wingori, Hanan and Sayaida defeated Ruaka and Kohaku in 11 minutes and 20 seconds with Hanan pinning Ruwaka with the 17. Um, in what can only be described as a last sexy standing tag team match, uh, Rebel and Enemy team of Mike Ozaki and Ram Chow defeated the uh, enigmatic sexy dynamite princess and Wakasukiyama in 10 minutes and 55 seconds with Micro uh, Micah Ozaki, sorry, uh, her brutal-looking uh, jungle buster, which I believe she calls the Micah Buster. Um, a passion injection match followed. Nene Takahashi defeating Mei Sakurai in 14 minutes and 21 seconds with what is called the Quimby Bomb, apparently. Um, in the final match of her Supernova Trial Series, um, Azumi defeated Miyu Amasaki in 13 minutes and 46 seconds with the diving double foot stomp. In our semi-main event, Karma and Starlight Kid uh, made their second successful title defense of the New Blood Tag Team Championships, defeating the Anaba sisters, Azusa and Tomoka, with Starlight Kid pinning Azusa in uh, 13 minutes and 41 seconds with the Black Tiger Pile Driver. And then in our main event, the Future of Stardom Championship match, Rina um, defeated Lady C to get her first successful title defense in 11 minutes and 52 seconds, submitting Lady C with a high drain. Um, so Matt overall um, what did you think of the card do you think it was as strong as New Blood 8 um, what were your favourite matches what were your favourite moments who was the last sexy standing you sir you sir were the last sexy standing so now <laughs> oh I hope, stop I hope, it you I hope all that negativity is now gone sir my job is done um, this was by far the best New Blood show. Uh, New Bloods one and two were pretty good. And then the next few, you had a few good matches, but they were, you know, they they kind of lacked kind of like in the mid card. New Blood eight, I thought was fantastic, was the best New Blood, but I thought this one completely blew New Blood eight out of the water. Uh, first of all, we got a wing gory win, buddy. I mean, the match was really good, but I'm like, oh my god, we got a wing gory win. Even though Saida didn't get the pinfall, she got her hand raised. So wow, that's twice in uh you know within about three weeks that saida gets a w so good on her uh overall though i thought the match was really good i actually had it three and a half stars but uh not less if you really want to talk about the sexy dynamite princess machine match rob i would like to talk about these last four matches if that's okay with you oh please do matt uh nanae takahashi and mei sakurai was 
absolutely fantastic. We talk about how May improves each and every outing, not only with the, uh, the fancy gimmick and the mic work she does after the matches, but her uh, in-ring work, I know it, it, we say it every week, is improving constantly. And Anae Takahashi, and she's been kind of uh, back here with stardom over the last handful of months. Yeah, her job is basically taking the uh, the younger wrestlers and giving them a really, really good match. And even if she does go over, which most times she does, and there's nothing wrong with that, she makes the wrestlers so much better. You know, she did it with Waka. She did it with Miyu Amasaki. She did it here with May, May Takara. I think um, either this or the finals of the Cinderella tournament with her and Mirai was uh, May's best singles match. And I thought this was great. And she was really holding up uh, on the strikes with Nene Takahashi. And the fact that I gave this match over 14 minutes, you know, they invested that much time to, to get this match over, which it did. I thought both wrestlers got over. The crowd was really into it and it really takes uh may sakurai and it basically shows that, that she can hang with the hard hitters of stardom because she took a lot of forearms a lot of chops and a lot of knees and brought it back with some really good forearms and those running kicks of her own um i thought the match was really good uh nene takahaki did a really good job too with some submissions you know working in knee bars and shoulder locks and whatnot i thought that was a good way to kind of build up and tell their story but then ultimately she just drops may sakurai right on her head Again, great match. The and then uh, the uh, I gave it four stars. And what's really brought the match up for me is towards the end, the crowd really was behind May Sakurai, who's supposed to be like this heel with this, you know, this uh, comedic, not comedic, basically this character. She cuts promos and she puts down the crowd afterwards. But they were really rooting for her, trying to see an upset win here. But I thought this match was absolutely fantastic, and uh, both ladies over delivered. Completely agree. I absolutely loved this match. I thought it was fantastic. I thought May Sakurai's ability to still be a, not a hateful heel, but certainly someone who is obviously supposed to be a heel, yet can still be, you know, garnering chance of her name as she's fighting from underneath. She took Nene Takahashi almost to the time limit. Um, so obviously they're, as I've said before, huge on May. I thought she gave a really, really good account of herself, um, not just necessarily in her offense, but the fact that she kicked out of absolutely everything Nene threw at her in that, in that closing segment, and you almost allowed yourself to believe, is she going to last the time of it? Really? Really? And obviously, as the timekeeper's counting down, you're thinking, oh, definitely... And then she scoops her up into that Quimby bomb and uh, not quite. But overall, I would argue this is perhaps May Sakurai's best singles match. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said before, my friend, I pretty much agree with you. And then it gets ramped up quite a bit in the next match. Does it not there, good sir? Oh, my Christ. It really, really does. It really does. <laughs> um, I mean... You talk, Matt, about how you can hit your friends harder. Um, because, you know, they'll always buy you a beer in the back and, you know, there's no hard feelings. I do wonder if there were hard feelings between Azumi and Miyu Amasaki because, good grief, they kicked the ever-loving hell out of each other. But speaking generally, obviously I talked about May Sakurai having her best singles match. Um, against Nene Takahashi, this was Miyu Amasaki's. Um, Miyu Amasaki had a fantastic match against Nene in uh, KBS Hall. Here, I think she had an even better match with Azumi. 
Um, she's really starting to click with the chemistry. And fighting someone like Azumi is difficult because just of how quick she is in ring, you've properly got to be ready for things in the right position for things and know what you are doing. And I think Miyu Amazaki gave a great account of herself here. Um, and my question to you, Matt, did you prefer this or her passion injection match with Takahashi a couple of months ago? I think this is Miyu's best match. I can see if some people say the passion injection match, they liked a little bit more. Again, wrestling is subjective. You can like what you like. This match I enjoyed so much more because there was more of a story here. Like I figured this would be more of a, maybe a high-speed match with a lot of near falls, which we did get. But they started out just like, yeah, like you said, just beating the crap out of each other. And you forget how good of a striker Azumi is because she's so good at the submissions and the flash falls and the high-speed style offense. That when this match was over, I was like, okay, obviously Azumi is no longer the high-speed champion. We're clearly going somewhere with her. And you're definitely building her up towards either a red belt match or a white belt match. Or maybe she even takes one of the belts between now and the end of the year. And I don't think anybody would be disappointed because Azumi just, she's fantastic. And then again, you're taking somebody that Miyu Amasaki, who's relatively, you know, only been wrestling about a year or so, has shown a lot of promise these last uh, few months. And then you completely blow it out of the water. Literally seeing Miyu Amasaki's not full potential, but like the potential that she's going to have coming up soon. So Azumi does a great job getting Miyu over. And she gave Miyu a lot, especially a lot of those flash falls getting towards the end. Like I love how Miyu does that late capture, um, uh, bow backland style bridge, uh, flash pinfall. Uh, I love how she gets into that, how she works it. And Azumi does a great job at a lot of these flash pinfalls, kicking out at literally 2.999, where it's like, Everybody in this, you know, in this arena, the 300 plus were, were biting. They thought that they were going to see an upset here. Um, just some really great back and forth action. The fact, again, they get this match went almost 15, four, excuse me, 14 minutes. They did a great job uh, giving the two of them time to tell their story. And uh, I like how, like, Azumi is getting kind of a little frustrated towards the end that she can't put Miyu away and that Miyu is counting a lot of her holds and Miyu is almost putting her away that Azumi just gets frustrated and she kicks Miyu right in the face. I mean, just straight, just punk kicks her pride FC style right in the face. And then Azumi finally uh, puts her away with another brutal top rope, double foot stomp Um, four and a quarter stars. Absolutely love this match. If you have not seen this match yet, folks, the show is free on YouTube. I advise everybody to go watch these last four matches, especially this one, because you're literally seeing a star being born in this match in Miyu Amasaki. And then you're seeing somebody that we know for the past two or three years is a star in stardom. But now it's time to push Azumi towards the uh, main event of the card. Yeah, I, I think we're probably in agreement here that Azumi versus Miyu Amasaki was match of the show. Um, though, again all four of these final matches and that Stars versus Kohaku and Ruaka match second on the card was really good. I actually just want to put over Aya Sakura, who I thought was fantastic in defeat against the New Eras. Like, ultimately, they were two rookies, her and Hanako, against the tag champs. They were never going to win. But I thought Aya Sakura did a really good job, not only of connecting with kicks and submissions, which she's brought into her game, which is fantastic, but I thought her selling was really, really good as well. Um, New Blood tag title match. Minimal karma, which is always good. Um, but 
I want to focus on the Anaba sisters because I am imploring Rossi to sign them. I really, yes. really, really like. Obviously, I haven't seen of mu- as much of Azusha as I have of Tomoka, um, and Tomoka blows me away every time she wrestles. She just seems to get better and better and better and better every single time. She's so damn good. Just seems to pick things up really, really quickly. Her exchanges with Starlight Kid, those striking exchanges were brilliant. And she held her own as well. I think um, Azushi, I think, has only been wrestling for... I think she started this year. I think it was early this year she started against Tomoka. Um, And I think she's picked it up really really quickly as well um i did allow myself to believe that they might put the belts on the anaba sisters um but i think when both of them aren't signed to the company maybe not um ultimately karma and starlight kid come out victorious but a good title defense and again karma didn't annoy me too much during this I will say, I don't know which match I like better uh, between this one or the match we just talked about. I rave them both four and a quarter stars. But I'll say this, Rob. I, I put over my wife quite a bit on this podcast, and rightfully so. Somehow, before this match even started, I fell even deeper in love with her. And let me explain why, good sir. So, again, she's watched, majority of the show, she kind she was kind of in and out of the room watching. And she did, on, she was kind of confused on how Karma gets the entrance over Starlight Kid. She's like, I don't know this Karma. I know Starlight Kid. She's obviously, uh, you know, very enduring with the crowd. She has a lot of charisma, the whole, you know, the whole spiel with the mask and the robe. How does Karma get the entrance? Like, oh, she's probably going to throw a fireball at the end of her entrance or when they announce her in the ring. And she does the little small fireball thing, and she goes, that's it? I thought she would have thrown a Hadouken to you Street Fighter fan. I was oh. like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. If Tam Nakano came into the room, I would have pushed Tam Nakano over to get to my wife. That's how awesome <laughs> that moment was. But I was like, oh my goodness. And I can go on a big tirade of my love for Street Fighter 2 uh, when I was a young uh, young lad there, sir. But um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I agree with you. The fact that uh, Azusa's only been wrestling for like five or six months and she's that good. And Tomoka is obviously fantastic. Tomoka is in the spot, at least in my eyes. And you'll probably agree with me, Rob. And I have a feeling that a lot of our listeners will agree with me. She's in the spot where Suzu Suzuki was last year, where she kind of comes in and out and we're like, okay, I know she's not full-time because she's doing all these other things, but hopefully in a year she is signed full-time. You know, hopefully, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what her contract status is or she even has a contract with JTO or if she's just independent, but I think it's only a matter of time. Like once things start to clear out a little bit more, that she'll be back full-time. And again, I would love to see the two of these wrestle more on a uh, more tag team basis, the Inaba sisters. And again, I think the perfect place for them to start almost full-time or more regular basis would be the Goddess of Stardom Tag League. I think that that tournament, you know, barring any injury, knock on wood, I think the Goddess tournament, based on kind of what we're seeing now, not unless they just completely shake up the roster and, like, nothing makes sense whatsoever, but I think that that Goddess tournament, the way the tag division's looking now or where it can be built, is going to be the best in the history of Stardom. Really, really can um again this was great and one thing i didn't think we were even we were going to see is triggered azusa would have got pinned 
But the fact that the end of the match, they basically gave us a free preview of Starlight Kid and Tomoka. The tag stuff between both teams was great. Suzu was good. Karma was great. Um, but they basically, the last four or five minutes, it was almost like a glorified singles match with Tomoka and Starlight Kid. And by no means am I complaining. I thought that was great. I figured they kind of maybe would have held that match off because that's a match that I would pay good money to go see. And it's just like, no, we're going to give you this really, really good tag match. We're going to highlight everybody. We're going to highlight the two teams. And the last four, four or five minutes, there's just these two being awesome. Um, and I do like how uh, Starlight Kid, um, she had a, basically, she hits a perfect Tiger suplex. Tomoka kicks out. Starlight Kid stays on or hits the Black Tiger pile driver for the three count. You know how I like in these big matches or championship matches um, when a wrestler has two really good finishes, how they chain the finishes back to back. And I love how Starlight Kid did that. Again, four and a quarter stars. The match was absolutely brilliant. And again, if you have not seen this show, it's free on YouTube, folks. Definitely watch this match, especially if you're a fan of tag team wrestling. Couldn't have put it better myself, good sir. Um, we main evented with the future of Stardom Championship match, Rena making that first successful title defence. And I feel like we need to put over the fact that she managed to lock the hydrangea in on one of the tallest people on the roster, especially as Rena is, in comparison, quite short. I feel like that isn't mentioned enough as being the great feat that it is. Um, but overall, you know, we've been singing the praises of Rena for months and months and months now, and it was only a matter of time before she got the belt. She's got the belt now. How do you think she carries herself as the champion? I think very well. I think Rena's the only problem with this match is it had to follow back-to-back-to-back three of the best matches in the uh, nine-show history of New Blood. I mean, really, all three of those matches, you can say, are some of the best ever. I thought the match was really good. She has a lot of charisma, as big as we're on, as high as we are on Hana, and we know that uh, that um, Hina is getting much better as well. I think as far as charisma and character goes, I think Rena is the uh, the best of the three. I think she's doing a very good job fitting herself into the Ueto type picture. You know, uh, that's obviously you know with Momo, Tora, and a Starlight Kid kind of you know at the top. I think she's doing a really great job with that, and she is the perfect person right now to hold this future of stardom championship but yeah considering the fact that there's a big size difference and considering the fact that the uh the baby face is the smaller one the heat are uh the baby face is the taller one and the heel is the smaller person kind of an interesting dynamic to see how it played but the psychology worked out really well and they uh really liked how arena is paying tribute to hana by using the hydrainer to uh, not only win this match but obviously to win the championship as well Obviously, he has the pink devil, which is uh, like a gory buster and the uh, the double knees from the top rope. But I really hope she starts. She continues to adopt this as her finisher. One, she builds it really well. Two, it looks really good. And three, anytime that we can be remembered of the great Hana Kimura, always puts a smile on my face. Good, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't have put it better myself. We do have our new challenger. Um, it's Wakasukiyama. Um, I always find it really funny when someone challenges for a title having just lost their match. Um, but sure enough, Wakasukiyama is out and she challenges Rina for that belt. Um, question, Matt. Does Waka take it? No. No, I, I think you got a good thing with Rip. I mean, they can. They can kind of flip-flop it, but I think it's still going to be... Uh, I still think they're going to have Rena get probably a V5 or V6 out of this. Yeah. I'm just thinking there was a lot of momentum behind Wacker when, you know, when she got that first win back in March. 
And aside from joining Club Venus and embracing her sexy side, uh, pardon me, there's... I'm worried that we're wasting a little bit of momentum. I'm sure they can heat her back up. Um, you know, and maybe now isn't the time for her to get the future of Stardom Championship, but I'd like to see her hold the belt at some point because I do think she's deserved it. Obviously, that's going to be um, at New Blood 10, um, whenever that is. I do have the dates somewhere, which I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, I'll talk about in the preview, so please don't worry. Um, they're just at the bottom of my notes. Um, and as history has proved, if I move my notes, they tend to just log out for some reason. So it hasn't done it so far, touch wood, so I'm literally doing nothing with it. Um a final thing I want to talk about, Matt, and this is an odd one um, in the fact that this is the only sh- match from this show that was uploaded, um, is the Stardom in Corican Hall show. And this was from Sunday the 4th of June 2023, Corican Hall, Tokyo, uh, in front of a reported 1,167 people. Um, and this was the generational struggle eight-woman tag match with the team of Julia Maiwiwitani, Suri and Tam Nakano, and the team of Micah, um, Sayaka Matani, Utami Ayashista, and Suzu Suzuki going to a 30-minute time limit draw. Now, it is not hyperbole when I say this might be the best tag match stardom have ever done. Whoa. Like, tag. Like, you like this better than, like, some of the goddess matches? Is that what you're trying to say, Rao? You're talking, like, more than two, more than two, two on two. Correct. Wow. You like this, then. I'm assuming that you gave that. You had to give this the full five stars, then, correct? Almost. Almost. Okay. Four and three quarters. Okay. I was four and a half, and here's the reason why I'm going to be a little. Uh, this was great. This was. This is fantastic, fantastic for several reasons. Uh, one is we, and you probably get this question a lot. I get asked a lot. I'm trying to get into stardom. Where do I start? Now you, a bunch of different places. This match is a good. If you're getting new into stardom, especially the current stardom, this is a really good place to start. Um, with that being said, one of the many things I love, love many, the many, 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 many things that I love, love about stardom is a lot of wrestlers have more than one finish. Again, like mm-hmm. you take, for example, Suzu Suzuki has a tequila shot and the two German suplexes. Mayu has the moonsault and she has the dragon suplex. Julia has, you know, the, uh, she's got the Northern Lights bomb. She's, she's got a flash pinfall in the Ganske clutch. Obviously, she's got the stealth viper, so on and so forth. So you're, you have 30 minutes. You have, eight women here so you have a chance you can probably tease 10 12 14 15 finishers we really only get tam with her seed grave finisher the tiger suplex you get tam or you get um suzu the tequila shot and mayu the moonsault that's it you could have teased a few other ones building towards the finish again i'm just being really really nitpicky the other thing that I'm going to be really nitpicky on this. That that I mean, it's nobody's fault. Thirty minute time limit. You're telling me you couldn't give these eight ladies a three day time limit? <laughs> I wanted to see this match go on for three days, Rob Goodwin. Uh, no, totally agree with you. Four and a half stars. This was brilliant on so many levels. When I found out that on on Sunday that this got an immediate release 
on Stardom World usually means one or two things. One is a tournament match that needs to be seen ASAP, or it's a match that just everybody needs to see because it's so good. And uh, we knew this was going to be good. I mean, how is with these eight ladies in this match, 30 minutes, you know it was going to be fantastic. And boy, howdy, was it. I came home on Sunday from uh, my second of 84 jobs. I'm like, I'm going to watch this match. No notes. No, because usually when I watch this match, I, I'm writing notes. I'm doing this. I'm No, no, I just want to see this match as is. Completely blown away. I watched it again last night and liked it even more. You get so many dream matches, like little mini matches that we've never seen. It starts out because I'm, as the matches, you know, everybody comes to the ring. I'm like, boy, we might see this tag match. We might see this singles match. But then it starts off with Julie and Suzu Suzuki, which we've seen before. And I'm like, I'll watch that match a hundred times. Suzu and Shuri, yes, please. Suzu and Tam was absolutely fantastic. The uh, makeshift team that never was, but could have been of Julie and Tam. Like when Tam's like really taking heat and then she just happens to find herself in her corner. And the only person to tag is Julie. And she's like, nope, not going to do it. And then the two of them start getting along and then Tam gets pissed off and just forearms Julie in the face. <laughs> that was great. And then as they build towards the end of the match, Rob, we get ALK reunion and then we get a stars reunion of Tam and Mayu, which I thought was great. Even like the finish where ALK has uh, Saki Kashima up for, or not like Saya Kamatani, excuse me, up for like the AL- ALK bomb and then Mayu and uh, Tam super kick for uh, Saya and then she gets dropped on her head and then Mayu hits the moonsault. As the time limit expires, I thought that was great. Um, I don't know if you're asking me to pick like an MVP in this match. I don't think I can. You can give it to either eight of these ladies. Was it just me or did Julia come into this match with a chip on her shoulder and she was the most violent person of these eight? Like it was like, okay, you took the red belt off me probably before my time was due. I busted my ass to get to my to get to this spot. I had a fantastic five star. I had one of the greatest matches in the history of this company with Sherry. You take the belt off me three months later, but I'm gonna show you that I'm wrong. Instead of like being pouty about it, taking her ball and going home, she's really upped her energy in all these matches, whether it's a singles match, tag match. She she was great in the artist match, uh, you know, where where they uh, they beat restart for the belts. But she was like overly violent here. And we got a little clip of that Julia versus Tommy match, which we've never gotten that one-on-one match. We've been waiting on it since the end of 2020, and we've never gotten it. They gave us a little clip, and it was fantastic here, as well as a tease of Tommy and Tam as well. Because originally my idea was, I think Tommy's going to win the five-star. It's going to be her and Tam. And I'm like, no, it's going to be Mina. Now it might be Saya. I wouldn't be upset if it was Julia and Tam. No, now it might be Tommy and Tam. I don't know where they're going. But, Rob, this match was absolutely fantastic. Again, if you're new into stardom and you're listening to this podcast, we thank you, too. This is a perfect place to start with this matchup. What I loved about this match is that you had eight women in there, and at no point did it feel overbooked. At no point did it feel like they were trying to do too much. You had so many little stories as the match progressed, whether it's the continued infighting of Sire and Utami, whether it is that confrontation, that star-making confrontation between Julia and Utami you mentioned, whether it's the fact that those initial tag-ins, as all four women of of both sides were tagged in, the crowd were molten. 
behind it. Every single time someone came into the ring, the crowd loved it. Whether it's Mayu Iwatani and Sayakamatani doing high-speed nonsense and then Mayu trying to tag out in the wrong corner. Um, whether it's um, Tam and Julia to the point where <laughs> Tam looks to pull a punch and just decides, nah, do you know why I'm going to hit her anyway? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. That the tag where Julie's just like, if I must, you know, the stuff with Suri and Utami again, Suzu Suzuki being in there at 20 odd years old and being an absolute wrestling prodigy. Everything about this match, the sheer domination of Micah in this match, who, while she was facing off with Suri, it became really obvious just the edge that they are putting onto Micah at the moment. She's always been good in ring, but now she feels, again, like a star. And you look, there's no weak link in this match. No weak link at all. And we got those little confrontations, those little teases for matches later down the line. Potentially Tam versus Utami for the red belt or the white belt if she's still white belt champion. Julia versus Utami. I would bet my house, um, he says, touching wood, because he knows that if he bets it's going to be wrong. But I bet my house that Julia versus uh, Julia and Utami are in the same block of the five star. Guaranteed. Well, if you lose your house, buddy, Lily Lily moved out because of college, so there's a spare bedroom for you, buddy. So I'm just letting you know. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Might be a bit of commute, a bit of a commute to work, but uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, overall, this just felt like a spectacle, and in a company where we always see great in-ring matches, we see it on such a regular basis that. Sometimes matches are don't seem as special as they are because we know they're going to be great. We expect them to be great. This felt special. This felt so important, so star-studded. It felt really... I'm trying to find the word to describe it. Um... It felt like a dream match, effectively, which is a concept that's thrown about far too much in wrestling. But ultimately, this did feel like, you know, the cream of the crop, a showcase of just what our company is fantastic at. And if there is a certain facet of wrestling you like, whether it's chain wrestling, Julia and Suzu Suzuki have got you covered. If it's hard-hitting wrestling, Utami and Julia, Micah and Julia have got you covered. If it's submission-based, you've got Suri who's got you covered. If you want high-speed nonsense, Mayu and Saya have got you um, covered. Honestly, it's a 30-minute time limit, and the match flies by. It is such good fun to watch. It's wrestled at an absolutely ferocious pace. I actively encourage you to go and check this match out. It's one of my matches of the year so far, um, certainly my tag match of the year, and I will be amazed if come our annual stardom end-of-year awards at the end of this year, I will be amazed if this isn't at least in the top three for tag match of the year. I'd be amazed. Yeah, uh, two quick things I just want to just, uh, you know, obviously touch upon more in this match. Um, I just want to mention how awesome Daichi, the referee, was. You had eight people in here. You didn't notice them. You, which is a great feat of a wrestler. You have eight wrestlers wrestling all sorts of different styles, and you never notice him. He's never in the way. He's at where he needs to be, and I don't think referees get enough love, and he does such a great, 
great job, and especially in this match. Two, again, if you're getting into stardom for the first time, you've never seen stardom or only heard about it. And like I said, this is a great place to start. You have no idea who either of these eight ladies are. You know Tam Nakano. Okay, she comes out. She's got the final entrance. She's on the robe. She gets the big entrance. She's got the double belts. Tam does a great job getting her stuff over and getting everybody else's over. She does a great job feeding for everybody else in this match. However, Rob, go back and watch it. You know who the one wrestler that absolutely runs over the big star, the double champion this match is? It's Micah. Yeah. It's agreed. Micah. And Mike and Micah's the one. Now, Suzu, she's only 20. She's just, you know, she's kind of full-time new to the company. Sayakamatani, she's made. Greatest white belt champion of all time. Yutami, leader Queen's Quest, made with that red belt run. She'll probably win the red belt again sometime soon. So they did a great job making sure Micah absolutely destroys the double champion in this match. And I thought that was a great little story as well. So uh, again, Rob, this match was so good. I needed to get myself a drink. And you know what drink I'm really looking forward to having in the next <laughs> few months, Rob Goodwin. Honestly, I was wondering when you were going to do it. And I'm genuinely <laughs> impressed with how how well you've managed to seamul- seamlessly insert it into this podcast episode. Go on, tell the people. So for those of you who do not follow uh, us on Twitter or social media, uh, I know we've been talking about it for the past six or seven months. We have locked down a deal with my favorite brewing company, uh, Funk Brewing, that we are going to be coming out with the Stardom Beer. Um, it is going to be released, I believe. Obviously, things are things can change, but uh, it is going to be released the middle of September. It is going to be a sour blueberry mash style beer. And a uh, big thanks to my friends over at Funk Brewing, my friends Norm and Puck over there. As uh, literally, Rob, I will literally tell you how the meeting went. I know we were texting each other back and forth. So they do this thing. I'm, I'm not. I, I can talk all day about this this competition we do called world's strongest bro it's basically a whole bunch of us in puck's backyard destroying his lawn as we do all this crazy stuff and his neighbors literally stop what they're doing to watch us compete in these crazy strongman competitions again puck and norm are the uh owners of funk brewing norm i've known a very very long time he's one of my mentors at my last sales job and um you know we do talk a lot about sometimes betting on yourself norm was very well loved at this at his former job making well over six figures with a wife and three kids left because he wasn't fulfilled and wanted to start his own brewery bet on himself. It is doing fantastic. So literally the meeting went something like this. Hey Norm, I know we talked about uh, me doing the beer. Um, you know, you want, you haven't meant to talk about it. Yeah, sure. Pulls out his phone. He's like, okay. He's like, obviously we're not going to, you know, invest a whole ton of your money uh, or my money. Cause we don't know how this is going to go, but here's the beers we have coming up over the next three or mo- three months. And you don't want to rush it. What do you say we do a blueberry sour mash? Okay, great. Okay, it's going to come out, I believe, September 10th or September 11th. That's it? Yeah, just get me a label and uh, a name for the beer and a saying you want on the end of the beer by the end of the month. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's all I need to do? Do you need to talk to Puck? Do you want to talk to Puck about it? I'm like, well, yeah, he's your, he's your other co-owner. Okay, hey, Puck, we're going to, uh, you know that blueberry beer that we're coming out with? Yeah, I think so. We're going to put Turner's uh, podcast on it. Oh, okay. That was pretty much the entirety of my meeting, getting to getting the beer <laughs> deal. Um, uh, again, Norm is a friend that will always help a friend. Um, again, it's going to be a, we don't know the name just yet. It's going to be a blueberry sour mash beer. I know Rob threw out the blueberry berry berry bombers. 
Um, we also maybe thought coming out with the Stardom Cast Sour Blueberry Mash. Um, not really sure exactly yet. We know the saying on the can um, is going to be the the Hana quote that we say at the end of the podcast. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. Again, keeping her memory alive. And more than likely, obviously, we already have a whole bunch of logos that Haley has done for us. So more than likely, um, obviously, me and Rob will collaborate um, off air. More than likely, is going to be the Julia logo, just because I think that pops really well. You know, the one with her winning the five star. Obviously, it could be the Kyrie, could be the Freedom. You know, could be any number ones. But uh, so, bottom line, folks, is that it's you know it's pretty much a done deal. It's going to be coming out, I believe, September tenth, September eleventh. I've already had a lot of our international listeners ask if they can if we can ship it. Um, obviously, I would love to ship a whole bunch to Rob. Obviously, I would like you to try it. Don't know what the shipping rates will be, or I know in the state of Pennsylvania, the uh, the alcohol laws, the liquor laws are very, very strict, and rightfully so. So I'm not sure if we can ship it. It is something that we are definitely looking into. However, um, Norm will be attending WrestleMania next year, and uh, more than likely we'll be doing a second beer right around that time to capitalize on uh, on WrestleMania season. So um if I cannot, if you cannot sample the blueberry sour mash, Rob, uh, coming out in the next few months, we will definitely have another Stardom Cast beer from when you come over uh, next year, my good friend. Oh, well, I'm very, very excited. And listen, guys, if you've got names or puns that you think would be what that would suit the beer, we are open to suggestions. So on Patreon or wherever you were listening to this podcast, go ahead and, you know, give us ideas. I'm personally very, very proud of Berry, uh, Blueberry Berry Bombers. Um, but you go, you give us some ideas. And hell, if if there's one we like, we might go for it. Who knows? Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear your suggestions. I'm very, very excited. This is something we've had in the pipeline for a long time, so it's nice that it's uh, coming to fruition. Special thanks to the guys over at Funk Brewing. Um, again, can't thank them enough. Obviously, I know it was a really arduous, long, formal meeting for Matt to get the deal done, <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> I have been very adamant on that they need to book Terry Funk for one oh, of their... They, God, they, of course. They do... They, they do release a new beer like literally every three to five weeks. I'm like, they always had these mini release parties. Um, I'm like, well, how are you not? You guys are making money hand over fist. How are you not booking Terry Funk? They're like, that's a great idea. And they did ask me if they booked Terry Funk, would I come in and let Terry Funk punch me? I'm like, of course, I would be honored. <laughs> They're like, we'll pay you. I'm like, you don't have to pay me. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. But uh, just to give everyone an idea in the, uh, the Northeast area of, uh, of the states they do have two breweries one is in elizabethtown which is right outside hershey pennsylvania and they have another one in emmaus which is right outside allentown so they will be readily available in all the areas around there again i will as the time draws near i will see what i can do about trying to get this shipped out either domestically or internationally as well so uh yeah exciting exciting things it always seems every day that i wake up it's like okay what crazy stuff is going to go on with the podcast today it's always like the best stuff it really is absolutely um just a little bit more admin just before we uh just before we sign off we got that excited wanting to talk about the uh, the generational struggle match that we actually forgot to mention the dates for New Bloods and uh, the next challenges for the New Blood tag titles. Um, the next challenges for those New Blood tag titles are going to be Azumi and Miyu Amasaki, um, which is going to be very exciting. Another uh, revisit of Starlight Kid versus Azumi. 
presumably that is going to take place in New Blood 10, uh, which is going to be on August 18th. Um, and New Blood 11 is going to be on September 29th. Now, I assume that both of those are going to be at the same venue as um, the shows this time. So the Shinagawa, I think it's Shinagawa Intercity Hall in Tokyo. But again, that might change. But yes, so far, those are the dates we've got. New Blood 10 on August 18th and New Blood 11 on September 29th. And as I've said, we know that the next challenger to the future of Star and Belt is going to be Wakasuki Armor. We know the next challengers for the New Blood tag titles are going to be Miyu Amasaki and Azumi. Um, just before we sign off then, um, I do just want to go over what we're going to be talking about next week or you know, I want to be a little bit more specific. So next week, the podcast that will be dropping on the 16th of June, hopefully we will have the rest of the shows in May all sorted up on Stardom World that we'll be able to review. Now, I know that Stardom had shows on the 3rd of June, on the 4th of June at Corrigan Hall, where the generational um, struggle match was. Um, I'm hoping those will be up in full ready for next week. Um, they then got a show on the 7th, the 9th, the 10th and the 11th, um, which obviously we're not going to be able to review in time. Um, but the week after... Um, oh, no, sorry. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. The 7th today. I'm looking at the wrong week. Superb stuff, Rob. Um, but the 7th should be up on Stardom World by next week. The 9th should be up on Stardom World by next week. The 10th, maybe the 11th. Not sure. But whatever is up, we will review for you. That is on the 16th of june or the 15th if you're one of our fantastic patrons um on the 23rd the week after that will be our preview of stardom sunshine 2023 with the cage match and uh well the two cage matches one the loser leaves their union match and the artist of stardom championship match as well um but other than that mr turner um is there anything you'd like to add or shall we skedaddle and in a podcast that's going to be remarkably under two hours, only just, but under two hours. No, you do your tags, and then I'll just do uh, where I'm going to be this weekend and my tags, and I think we'll uh, we'll hit our, we'll hit the double brainbuster and call it a day, buddy. Absolutely, guys! Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We can't thank you enough for any and all of your support. Um, if you want to offer your support even more then our patreon is patreon.com forward slash the stardomcast you can join for as little as a dollar a month um you will get all of these episodes early and ad free um and then we've got different tiers with lots of different rewards in them please go and check them i've got loads of good things coming up if you don't want to be a part of our patron completely understand if you could leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts on spotify wherever you listen your po- to your podcasts it really really helps us out and takes 30 seconds and is completely free really helps us get in front of more people uh, check out the website www.thestardomcast.com uh, new merch has dropped on our merch store we have got some tam related items and we've also got some prints to sell as well with more to come of different members of the stardom roster um if you want to follow us on social media at the stardom cast if you want to talk to me on twitter at real rob goodwin matt 
sign us off, my friend. Absolutely, folks. I am all over the place this week, and I will be returning to Higher Ground Wrestling in the Scranton area. Uh, so if you're going to be there, I think about coming. Stop on by, say hello. And then uh, the next day, Sunday, I will be at the uh, debut of the Joshi Spark Show. Obviously, I will not be wrestling, uh, but I will be in attendance. So if you see me there, come on and you know, say hello, and I will give you a free high five. Uh, and if you need to get a hold of me, <laughs> Matt Turner, OF, on the Twitter and or the Instagram is the best way to get a hold of me there or if you feel like shooting me an email, the stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Uh, once again, folks, we cannot say thank you enough for the fantastic support that we have that you have shown us. It really means the world to us. Um, can't do it without you. Like I always say, it's just not my podcast, it's our podcast because we're all in this together and everybody's different, everybody's special. A free high five. You're such a gent. 